0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: I love this time of the week. It's like you can feel a collective sigh across the country. It's a good sigh, though. We're ready for some rest, for some good times with our mates. I'm Dave Marchese. This is the shake up when we can finally catch a breath, dive into some of the big stories that got us talking.
2: Here's a taste.
1: Hack, the cyber hacking crisis at Medibank is deepening.
2: The discovery of a safe, reliable, and effective male medical contraceptive treatment has long eluded the field of science. I think everyone's just craving conversation, but we're all too scared to start it.
0: Instagram had a major update on Triple J.
2: Hackers,
1: sperm blockers, small talk. What more could you want? We've got it all on the shake up today, and we've got not only the big topics. We've got a big panel of experts or non-experts. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to call them. But hey, first, you know her, you love her. She's Nina Oyama.
3: What's up? <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. Hello. Good day. Tried
1: to make that rhyme a good little day. bit. How oh, it,
3: thank you. How'd
1: it go? We happy? I didn't notice, okay. but good on you. <laughs> oh, I was
3: I was more concentrating on what I was going to say. I was like, should I say hi, <laughs> hello? And then I went for what's up and I forgot to listen to you. So, Nah,
1: you, you nailed that. You nailed that. And another expert, co-founder of The Daily Oz, Sam Kozlowski, good to have you back. How
2: are you going, Dave? It's I'm so good. nice to be back.
1: It is. Good to have you back. It's been a very busy week. You guys have been fired. off, there's a lot going on in the
2: news. How have you found it? Hectic week. I mean, I always try and take a bit of a test with myself. at 4pm on a Friday, how am I feeling? (laughs) And in those heavy news weeks, it's definitely a bit worse for wear. You definitely feel it. Let's wrap it up. Let's do it. And remember, you too, you've got thoughts, so let's hear it.
1: Because this is the time for it. This is the shake-up time to dive in. Hack. This is a crime that has the potential to impact on millions of Australians. We believe those responsible for the breach are in Russia. On Triple J. After days of threats, ransom demands, high anxiety, it happened. Criminals who'd stolen your data from Medibank started to release it on the dark web. It happened this week. Yet again, a big Australian company scrambling to try to control a major hack. Then today there was a big announcement. The AFP said it had found where the group behind it was from. They're based in Russia. This is the Medibank cyber attack. Have you been caught up in this? How are you feeling knowing that your private information, including medical data, could be out there for the world to see? And also, we've been talking a lot about ransoms. The government's saying, we don't pay them, we never should. Do you agree with that? When it's your data at stake, call in 1300 0555 or you can message in as well, 0439 757 Let's get into this with our Shake Up crew, comedian, writer, Nina Oyama, and co-founder of The Daily Oz, Sam Kozlowski. Nina, are you a
3: hacker? Oh, yeah, I love (laughs) hacking. I love, like, getting into the mainframe. I like the zeros. I like the ones. I love when all those green numbers pop up on the screen. And I'm like, yeah, I know what's happening. That's my favourite thing.
1: Oh, yeah, I could tell. No, but what did you think of this? This big hack. Another one, we saw the Optus one not too long ago. Have you been keeping track of this? Or is it something that you're like, oh, it's happening. I can't do much about it. I
3: think it's the kind of thing, and selfishly, but I also think a lot of people are probably similar, where I'm like, well... It hasn't affected me yet, so let's not think about it until it does. Yeah. which is which is a bad way to think about it. But <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I think obviously being hacked would be really awful.
1: Of course, um, <laughs> yeah, and we, and we don't condone it. Sam, what about you? This one really got the audience talking on the Daily Oz as well. What were people thinking about it?
2: Well, I think the question that you asked about whether we should be paying ransoms is really interesting. Mm. Obviously, we know that the official government policy is never pay a ransom. But I can imagine for people who have now had their really sensitive health data leaked, it would feel like a really simple fix for that to just go away with a payment. Um, But we know that it's much more complicated than that. I was really interested to hear that the hack originated in Russia. Um, I think that that was what a lot of people were expecting or one of the candidates when Albanese announced this morning that it was another nationality besides Australia. But um, it doesn't really make me feel any better now that we know where they came from. Well, yeah, I was going to ask that, Nina. Like, knowing that it's this um,
1: Russian-based group and it's not just some teenager in their bedroom, is that better or worse?
3: I think that's way worse because it feels like it's giving organized crime vibes to me. (laughs) You know, when I first heard about the medical hack, I kind of like my, and this is obviously like me being an idiot, but I was kind of like, oh, who cares if someone knew that I like broke my knee in year four or whatever. I was like, but then when I thought about it, I was like, oh, that's actually, there's a lot of sensitive information. It's like when you have to work for a new job and they ask for all your like mental health history and stuff. And you're like, should I tell people that I was diagnosed with this? Like, will this affect my...
1: It's a huge issue
2: for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah.
1: and the information that was out there, we're talking about, it's different to the Optus hack in the sense that the information, a lot of it was very different. Some of it was the same, but some of it we're talking about mental health, alcohol issues, information related to that, Um, the release of a file containing information on abortions, Mm. like really serious stuff. we have got some messages on the text line. James from Bundjalung Country says, the hacking horse is bolted, let it go. Jared from Melbourne says, I still don't understand how they were able to download all that data with the state of Australia's internet, because I'm struggling to stream Stan sports at the moment. Jared, we hear (laughs) you. It's a a mystery. Um, How do you feel, Sam, about your data potentially being out there? I don't know whether you're affected by this hack, but just generally, is it something that worries you if you think about not even these two big hacks that we've had now, but previous ones? Mm -hmm. We've been hacked so many times. So many companies have been
2: hacked. Do you think much about that? I think a lot about, (coughs) excuse me, I think a lot about this and, but there was one piece of information I came across this week that really gave me a different perspective on this topic. And I think, so it was this guy who is a UK cyber expert and he basically said, what are we all scared of? We're all scared of like this Google searchable thing where you can type in someone's name and look at their health records but in reality, that kind of service has to be hosted on the open web. It can't hide on the dark web because mm. I don't know how to get on the dark web and I assume you don't. Yeah, so, but...
3: I thought it was just for buying drugs.
2: Yeah, yeah, a lot of people would. I
3: thought that. I have never obviously done it myself.
2: Of course not. But and, and that's, you know, most people haven't except for that, maybe. And so for our information to actually get on the open web, that can be taken down pretty easily. So the idea that there's going to be this, like, searchable database, this is not really meant to make anyone feel particularly better, but the idea that there's just going to be this really easily accessible database is probably a long way away.
1: Okay. Do you think, though, we need to be thinking more about the kinds of data that we are handing over? Like, Nina, when we do anything, like, even if you go buy a pair of shoes at a shop, like if you're not buying Oh, my God, it why would I buy a
3: pair of shoes? Is it because I'm a girl? <laughs> no. i would buy some shoes? How do you know I wouldn't buy a cricket bat, When Dave? you go to
1: buy a cricket bat okay. at the shop yes. and they say, can we have your email address? Can we have this? Can we have your number? And is it time, do you think, that we start to question all of that and there's more of an opt-out situation?
3: Um, No, I think, oh, honestly, like I just give, I I think I'm, like, very liberal with my information, which is probably, like, a bad thing, but I'm just kind of – my view is somebody I know worked in um security and they were, like – when they first entered the security system, like firm or whatever, mm. they basically, like, talked to their boss and their boss was, like, what's your name? What's your, like, full name? Typed it into their system and immediately found all his, like, passwords and all his, like, details anyway. And so I – kind of, am very liberal about that, where I'm like, well, we've already given out so much of our information. Like, really how much of a difference does it make? Right. And that is my personal view. Like, I don't think it should apply to everyone. It's just no, me. Maybe. I think- and maybe that's me just being like, oh, it's, it's fine that I gave my email out to Rebel, Rebel Sport when I bought that cricket bat or whatever. No, but-
1: totally. I think, though, that a lot of young people probably have that view because we've grown up in an era where you've always given out information. Yeah, yeah. and got- like,
3: I'm on TikTok, I'm on Twitter, I'm, yeah. on, I'm on everything. And then all so like I know that you know that there was that period where people were like if you post on Facebook I Nina Oyama do not legally give them permission to steal my data <laughs> like I know that doesn't work and so according I, to Article Three of the Rome S- Convention Mr yeah. Zuckerberg cannot own my identity <laughs> like it's like I know that doesn't work and so I think I have a quite laissez-faire approach to me giving out my email.
1: we got some messages. That's on... what I
3: say. And then tomorrow I'll get like my credit card number stolen and <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, screwed. burn it down. I'll be like, where are those Russians?
1: <laughs> on the text line, someone says, we've got no choice but to hand over our personal data. When I was applying for a rental property, I had to hand over copies of my passport, bank accounts, etc., to more than 15 different rental property companies. Yes, but
3: that's because landlords are evil. <laughs> Land- all landlords
1: are Russian. <laughs> Who knows how safe their data systems are. Somebody else says the problem with digital assets is, Even if you paid a ransom, there's nothing stopping them from releasing it anyway. So why put your trust in someone who just robbed you? Talking about the ransoms, Sam, you know, there was a lot of talk about this this week and the government was saying, look, it's our advice never to pay ransoms. That's Mm. our strict, stern advice. However, it's not illegal. And so some experts were saying, shouldn't we make it illegal? Because then maybe if we made it illegal, hackers wouldn't target Australia because they'd know that it was non-negotiable. What
2: do you think of that? Well, paying a ransom proves their business model. So all of these hackers are running businesses, just like I'm running a business. Oh my God,
3: yes, girl bosses, go yeah. off. Oh my God, we stand an entrepreneur, a entrepreneur.
2: <laughs> it's just a different type of business to what most of us would run, but it is a business. And so when you pay a ransom, they're getting that, business transaction Yeah, and
3: Australians love to support small businesses. It's like that whole thing. Maybe we should just pay them, guys.
2: (laughs) But I guarantee you that paying a ransom won't mean the information stops being leaked. So that's, I think, the problem. If we had this, like, crazy imaginary trust system where we knew 100% that paying a $1,000 ransom or a million-dollar ransom would absolutely make this disappear... You know, there's another type of hack that companies are often faced with, which is when they're locked out of their systems and paying ransoms there apparently is a little different because you pay a ransom, you get back the password or uh, the passkey, yeah. you resecure your stuff and you're good. This is totally different. They've already got the data. Yeah. So paying a ransom doesn't really make much sense. What about the fines for the big companies
1: who are at the heart of all this? Because at the moment if a big company has a big data breach, they get fined a couple of million dollars. But what everyone's saying is that's not enough because they factor that in. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. we'll have a few data breaches a year. We'll factor that in. Um, and so the government's saying we're reviewing this. We're thinking of increasing it to $50 million. Do you think that would make a big difference, Nina?
3: Um, I don't know. Well, they already factor it in. They just keep factoring it in, isn't it? Like it just seems kind of like a cycle here. Yeah. But I don't know. That's my dumb comedian bread, Uh knowing things about business.
2: Well, we've had this discussion in other areas of business over the last 10 years. And in something like corruption or cartel conduct, the only thing that really seems to have made people wake up, especially the big banks, for example, is the threat of jail time for executives because then...
3: Oh, did you just say jail time for executives? Okay, I'm listening again. Yeah, I zoned out for a little bit, but I'm back.
2: But the the banks listened as well, because that was the only thing where they were like, shit, we can't get the talented people we want to run the banks, because if something goes, if there's a data breach, then the CEO's going to jail.
3: Yeah, and I've seen Succession, and CEOs really don't want to go to jail. (laughs) They get really scared. Tom from Succession, he was so upset about drinking toilet wine.
1: He was freaking out, yeah. Yeah. And when's the next season of that coming out soon? Maybe they could do a season on this whole hacking scandal, I don't know. But can I
2: tell you the real winners of this? triple j hack Uh, i mean your google your google seo ratings would be (laughs) killing it yeah we actually we saw on the tv today it was
1: like breaking news afp afp commissioners um speaks um to hack or about hack or whatever and we're like oh that sounds like us but it's also bad as well we're the good hack guys we're not the bad hack you want to be hacked by this hack yeah of course of course some more messages coming through someone says if it were my company i'd counter the ransom with 10 times bigger offer for their arrest another person says big companies need ransom insurance and should pay with the government providing assurance that the hackers hold up their end of the deal and another person says once you start paying ransoms there will be many more people getting incentives to hack if they think there is a reward okay time to move on
3: it's about 20 30 years overdue i would say sexual health overall has always been fallen to women
2: on triple jack
3: Yeah, we've
1: been talking a bit about contraception recently. We had that big hack investigation into IUDs and pain relief. And the attention is always on women. And one of the things we're always hearing is why are there not more options available for men? So when we heard that Aussie researchers are now trialing a temporary non-invasive kind of vasectomy, We knew it was something that we needed to talk about. Hack.
2: The discovery of a safe, reliable and effective male medical contraceptive treatment has long eluded the field of science. Essentially, we've had no new forms of contraception since the pill was introduced in 1960.
1: In this instance, men would be in control of their uh, own contraception and
3: can enter into the fray, which is often uh, placed on their partner the burden of contraception. Would men use it? I wouldn't do it straight away. Me personally, but I think a lot of people would.
0: Yeah, I I would. I think
3: it needs a, a joint. Consideration. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, like, yeah, why do, why do women have to take the burden of, you know, having to take all the contraception to, like, kill, that sort of thing? Like, yeah, it seems like a good idea to me. It's about 20, 30 years overdue, I would say. Sexual health overall has always fallen to women. On Triple J.
1: Yeah, the sperm blocker. Non-invasive procedure. I'm telling you a bit more about it. It's this gel. It blocks the flow of sperm, similar to a nose scalpel vasectomy. I tried to explain it on Triple J Drive earlier today and made a complete mess of it. But hopefully, that's a bit better. It, it like could the,
3: the sperm yeah, that you would have yeah. blocked with the, with the gel.
1: Exactly. Look, it could be a game changer. That's what experts reckon. What do you think, though? It's still early days. It's still trialing. But is it something you would try out? Give it a go. And if you're a woman and you're over dealing with contraception, what do you think of this? Let me know one 36 You can message in as well 5 nine seven five seven triple five. Let's get into it with the Shake Up crew, comedian Nina Oyama and Sam Kozlowski from the Daily Oz. Sam, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> a thirty minute procedure. Actually, it can be as little as ten minutes. They're saying yeah. potentially lasts two years. What do you reckon? I think it's an important step forward.
2: Um, I'm
3: looking at Sam with daggers in my eyes. I'm like, oh, what are you going to say, bro? Are you going to support women? Are you a feminist, bro? Are you an ally? Are you an ally?
2: How do you, think are I'm you an doing, ally, Sam? How do you think I'm doing six words in? Yeah, <laughs> nailing it. Thanks so much. Sam, how are we, how are we feeling about it? What could possibly go wrong? What could go wrong? Um, it takes two to tango. And that was – I asked our team at Daily Oz what they thought of this story and that's what Billy, our editor, said was takes two to the tango and we should think about that in the same way. I mean, to call out the obvious, it seems like the biggest concern is – um, men not knowing if there's other side effects, yeah. which just seems and it's to still be early days.
3: Men sad about a little side effect I mean,
2: I Come mean, it's man. it's still in the trial days, so obviously
1: we do need to see if there's side effects because, like, this- it is it, it's a medical it's a medical procedure and it's a trial underway of only a small group at this stage. It's like just a couple of dozen, and then they're going to see how that works and then see how they react and then move yeah. it on to because they've done it in animals. Nina, thoughts?
3: Oh, I just think that like as someone that's taken a pill um it sucks so much well for me personally and now I have sex with women so I don't have to worry about it but for poor heterosexual women um that have to worry about it I think that yeah I like women put their bodies on the line for so men can spoof in them every day and like we're <laughs> brave warriors for it so I think men need to step up to the plate and if you get a little side effect well that's okay just put a little smile on your face
2: well, someone do you, you the- think the appetite's not there for men like do you actually do you think that there's resistance
3: I feel like there would be like I feel like I've I just feel like there would be, I actually haven't, well, I guess not for you because you're
1: cool. There's actually, they had a record when they put it out for uh, to ask for um, people to come forward to participate in this trial. The researchers were saying, we thought that there would not be too many men wanting to put their hands up, but they were overwhelmed. Yeah. And they only had like just over 20 spots available. But there were thousands and thousands of people putting their hands up saying, we want to do, what we oh do, what God, we do it. we want to do. it. Oh my God,
3: someone leaked the data on all those men. Uh, <laughs> put them in a dating process. <laughs> Profile
1: that's for that's the next women. hack. That's definitely the next hack. Let's, let's go to a um a caller now. We've got Liesel on the phone. Liesl, what are your thoughts on this?
0: Hey, well, it's just funny timing, isn't it? Because my IUD is about to finish, and we've got two kids, and I was like, oh shit, you know, now I've got to go ahead and get it, you know, another one put in, and it does hurt, and it's it takes like six months to kind of everything to settle down, and then I thought, no. It is not just my responsibility like my partner we can have this conversation and i felt empowered to i was like you know what this is coming up what are we going to do and he looked at me and he was like yeah that's right what are we gonna do oh And, and he and it was great because you know we've talked about it in the past but i just thought maybe and he he came up with it he's like yeah maybe i should have a think about it and but he's really you know and i think i think having that option you know to have it reversed and a temporary it will it will just kind of ease that transition for men because it must be pretty overwhelming, but Interesting. it is time for
1: them to step up. Interesting, Liesl, and good that you had the conversation and your partner was supportive. That's good to hear. Somebody else on the text line says, can't believe it's taken this long for this to be created. Also, where is this option for women? Someone else, my face is my contraception. <laughs> is what oh, Same, babe, my personality is. <laughs> Another person says, have we forgotten about the condom? Okay, no, we've not forgotten about anything, but we're trying to move things forward. And, you know, it these weed that... It has taken this long. There is a lot of research going on. I know we spoke earlier this year on Hack with a researcher in the US who's working on the development of a contraceptive pill for men. Mm. But the issue always with that is we have women saying, I would not trust a guy to take that every day. I would not leave that to him to do that. So this seems to be a way of maybe getting around that. Yeah,
3: it also sounds like so much fun. You just get some, like, gel on your dick and then you go (laughs) home and you fight. Like, it really, for women, it's like you have to book in, you have to, like... Get the anaesthetic. I've looked into getting a, a marina for a long time, and that was just like the process of that. Whereas you guys, I mean, it seems outwardly that it's just a bit of a bit of slime for a short amount of time. Hey, that should be the catchphrase: the rhyme. A <laughs> little <laughs> bit it. of slime for a short <laughs> amount of time. Get a temporary vasectomy today.
1: Nina's sorted it out. Caitlin in Newcastle says men can impregnate at any time of the year, whereas women can only get pregnant approximately two days of every month. Team contraception for men. Another person says, I'd take a double shot of magic gel. People are keen. We've got so many messages flying through on this. What I like that someone's treated it like a drug or something, where it's like, "Yeah, double dunk me, bro." <laughs> Someone says, "Where on the male anatomy is this injection inserted, Dave?" Where they want to know the details. Look, it's in the it's in the region in the ball sack region. That's where it goes.
2: <laughs> I have another <laughs> I have another technical question which I couldn't work out from
1: okay. the trials. Well, because so I'm, ex- I'm an expert, I'm now. not expecting
2: you to answer, but I just thought I'd put it out there. Yeah. Can you reverse it? So if, if it's a two-year... Until it fades until away it fades and away. then 12 months in you decide that you want to have a kid, can you reverse oh, it? I
1: heard that it was reversible. Right. So if that's the case, maybe maybe that is possible. But, yeah, I mean, that would be a decision as well if, like, you know, if you couldn't do that, you'd had it done and then all of a sudden your life situation changed, that would obviously be a consideration. Also, the gel is called Adam. What do we think of that, Nina?
3: Adam. It's very biblical. Yeah,
1: it's kind yeah. of weird because it's the opposite of what happened with those guys. Yeah, he <laughs> got it from a rib. Maybe
3: that's what where they inject it, it
1: The names of like contraceptives are always real, like (laughs) Brenda, (laughs) Diane. (laughs) we've got. They're not very sexy
3: names, are they? They're not. Adam is kind of a hot name, I'd say.
1: You kind of like Adam?
3: Yeah, I think Adam's a hot hot enough. You got? There's a Adam Brody. He's a hottie. A hot Adam.
1: <laughs> we can hear the producer laughing in the background. We've you got know. Nick from Perth saying, I'm all for male contraception, but for God's sake, why does it have to be an injection directly into the gentleman's area? Give me a pill. Nina, actually, thoughts? I think,
3: no, sorry, <laughs> I've just gone back to the names. Maybe you should call it Chris because you've got Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, <laughs> Christopher Walken, all the hotties. <laughs> all the, I think, yeah, if you name something a hot thing, people will do it to be hot.
1: Of course, of course. Look, a lot of comments coming through. We're going And that's
3: why the female pill should be called Nina.
1: (laughs) The Nina pill, we're we're ready for that. Yeah. Guys, we've got to move on. Hack. I say, bake
2: something, drop it off at your neighbours. If they don't like it, meh. What have you lost apart from some eggs and flour on Triple J?
1: We've all been there. You're standing in a line or you're sitting next to someone for a really long time. It's a bit awkward. You want to start a conversation, but it's not really happening. And that's because a lot of us hate talking to random people, even though all of the research tells us starting up a chat is actually really good for us.
0: Hack, I'm not necessarily an extrovert, but I have tried to kind of take this to heart in, in my life.
3: We already knew from past research that loneliness is a huge risk factor for a person's physical and mental
2: health. It feeds your soul every time you, you know, just a a brief interaction with someone at the dog park or with the barista. Absolutely. You know, I join like an
0: adult guitar class and, you
2: know, I try to
3: just sit near people and chat with them there and just kind of expand it in that way. People tend
2: to underestimate the positive impact that they are going to have on another person and hence on themselves when they reach out and try to connect with others.
0: On Triple J.
1: Huge response to our talking to strangers story this week. So many of you want to do it or you force yourself to do it. Why do you think it's so hard though? And do you reckon younger people in particular find it tricky because of the different ways we communicate these days? Get in touch Oh four three nine seven five seven triple five. Nina Oyama, Sam Kozlowski. Nina, you must be great at sparking up a bit of a chat with a
2: random, are you?
3: Wha- reckon, why would I you? I reckon s- you're unbelievable
2: at talking to someone in the line.
3: Real I mean you're not wrong. <laughs> I love a chat. Yeah? I love a chat, but it's also cuz I'm annoying. <laughs>
1: no, that's not that. Like so, it's like sometimes... I run
3: out of my like my housemate like I've just talked to him for too long, and then I'm just like, I'm just gonna go get a coffee, and then I'm like, <laughs> hey, so who you guys ordering? <laughs> no, no, um, I, lo- I love a chat, but it's because it gives me life.
1: But with a rant, like with a like just a person that you don't know that you might encounter like on the street or whatever, would you just go up to someone standing in line like, hey, what's going on? Da, da, da.
3: I probably wouldn't start a conversation like with the intention to keep it going, but if there's if like you know how sometimes.
1: You'll just observe something, you'll see something, you are like, oh, that's cute, how cute's that?
3: Yeah, like one time I saw a guy fall over and I was in a line and, and a lot of us saw we were like, we laughed and we were like, that was funny, we shouldn't laugh at that, but it was funny. And, and the fact that we talked about it for a bit, it was like a little shared <laughs> <Okay>. moment. <laughs> it's always better if there's someone in pain that you can, no, I'm just No, nah, of course, of course. Um, but if there is like a funny thing that happens, it's okay to like kind of make eye contact with people and be like, that was pretty funny, right? Like, I don't
1: know. Lucky on the text line, we were brought up learning about stranger danger. I think that's maybe why it's not natural and that's, that's a, a fair point. Fair point yeah. That is Lockie. a fair point. I also
3: am a stand-up comedian so my entire job is to talk to random people and make them laugh and so I think that, like, I'm conditioned different. I'm, I'm built different. Yeah, yeah. it
2: helps.
1: <laughs> Sam, what about you? Is it something you find easy?
2: I love it. I really oh, love it. I'm really? that guy who, if you're sitting next to me on JQ516 down to Melbourne, <laughs> oh no, you're <laughs> going to get an hour of chat. Really? Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. People have such like interesting that. lives. <laughs> People, <laughs> I don't know if they like it. But people are amazing. It's good that you guys don't have the barrier
1: because a lot of people, and I feel like I fall into this category a lot of the time, have this thing where you're thinking, one, you're a bit anxious about it yourself, but two, you're also thinking, oh, I might want to have a chat to them, but I'm worried they, I'll be disturbing them. They don't want to uh, hear from me. And we spoke to this expert, this global expert on talking to strangers to, to random people. There is one based in the UK. And she said, no, like the research shows that everyone basically wants to chat. There are exceptions, obviously, but there's a lot of health benefits. It can have a physical impact. Apparently like in some cases, these little interactions have more of a um, positive impact on your health than like big things like exercise, for example. Like, does that surprise you, Nina?
3: Yeah, that does because everyone tells you exercising is like really good for you. But <laughs> I think it's still is. Hanging out with bandits <laughs> at a party, everyone's like, don't do that too much because <laughs> you'll wreck yourself and get a stomach ulcer. Uh, I have a stomach ulcer right now uh, um, from being too cool. Um but, yeah, that does surprise me. Then exercise, that means everyone should just hang out instead of, like, go to the gym.
2: That's true. Like,
3: all those people at the gym should be talking to each other. Actually, that's my worst nightmare. I actually don't go to the gym because I'm too scared of people.
2: But there are it. certain environments where it's a lot easier to chat to. Like, well, I find it created, festivals. And we've created rules, though, yeah. haven't we, Sam, yeah. where it's kind of like
1: if you've got if someone's got a dog, you feel very open to go up to them and, like, ha- start a conversation than if someone doesn't have a dog. Or maybe you're more likely to talk to a a cab driver than a bus driver or whatever. Totally. So you Do you reckon at festivals you're going to go up to someone?
2: I find festivals just this environment where all of these little social constructs that we make where you can't talk to people or it's not, you know, everyone's as warm. Everyone's like that guy sitting on the plane wanting to talk to the next guy. Every line you're in, you're having a chat and it's wonderful and you're giving your neighbours some water if they need it. Like everyone's... I find uh, there's some something water. special. that <laughs> yep, some <Yeah>. water.
1: <laughs> Someone on the text line, no thanks, I'd rather die. Okay, strong comments there. Another person, loneliness is all I know. Race. come on. Oh, no. my God. It's my <laughs> chemical romance. Uh, another
3: person, coming back.
1: any stranger talking to me, even most people that I do know is like, a waking nightmare uh, for me. That's like I'm not into it. And another person says conversations with strangers are great. No baggage or judgment. You can be the person you want to be. And that was from Mortimer. Do you think, Sam, that uh, COVID has helped or made things worse?
2: I reckon it's made people realise uh, if they enjoy it or not. And being deprived of it has probably brought a few people out of their shells. Um yeah. You know, I think we're moving past the period of people now it's having that kind of weird social hangover where everyone was feeling a bit funny being back in society. I think we're all starting to get used to it now and we're in for a big summer. Um, and I think for a lot of people, like me especially, I didn't like not having that social interaction. So now I seek it out even more. That's interesting, isn't it? Um, someone on the text line as well says, in the bush we always chat, city folk...
1: Be all uptight. That's interesting. That's something I grew up. Are you guys city people? I'm, I'm
3: a city folk.
2: You're city folk. I'm, a, I'm
3: a city city son. Bush rising.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up in a small rural town called Bondi. Oh, okay, yeah, Yeah, very
1: small.
3: Oh, yeah, tiny. Well,
1: I actually am a country boy, and I must say, it is pretty normal to be speaking to everyone in the country and to be just waving at everyone. Like, every time a car passes, all that stuff, it actually does happen. Yeah, (laughs) and
3: you see people you know all the time. That's the other thing is, like, if you wave, if you meet, because I still live in Bathurst for university, but it's like you meet one guy down at the pub one night and then you see him at work the next, like... I used to work at the club totally. and see people.
1: For sure. And guys, I'm just, fortunately, that's what we've got time for. That's, what? That's it on The Shake Up. Comedian, writer, Nina Oyama, thanks so much for coming in. And also, co founder of The Daily Oz, Sam Kozlowski, good to have you in as well. well Lovely thanks, to chat, yeah. Thanks
3: for chatting with us. No, random.
1: <laughs> and thank you so much to the hardworking Hat Crew for this week. Executive producer, Claire Bloomer, senior producer, Serge Nikas, and all of our reporters as well. Andrew McCormack, Shlala Medora, James Pertil, AJ Williams, Ellie Grounds, April McLennan, Angel Pass, And Kimberly Price. Hack on Triple J. Huge thanks again to Nina Oyama and Sam Kozlowski. And that's all we've got time for on the Hack Podcast for this week. I'll be back next week with more hack. Until then, have a great weekend. See ya.